You're listening to Argy's Poetry Pickle Jar. Hello and welcome to Argy's Poetry Pickle Jar, the only place where we pickle the poems we know you'll love. Each week we kidnap a poet and throw them into the studio to talk about a poem they truly love and each week we beg you to love it too. This week we're joined by a poet with a brand new book and those poets are always the most exciting and this book is called Plus Ultra and I stumbled over it late on an evening after Martha Spracklin recommended it. This poetry is something to write home about. It's a book not afraid to play and find joy in language. It's brilliantly random holding enough fruit uh, for a reader to pick it up again and again and again. I'm telling you this uh, because I received a hell of a lot of uh, books and emails. And I tell people, if I like the book, then I will get it on the show. And I really, really love this book. The poet who wrote it is an American-British writer. Her work was a, has appeared in the Poetry Review, Poetry London, The White Review, and other publications. And she has three pamphlets before the book. I want to give a massive hello to the wonderful Sarah Fletcher. Hello, thank you so much for having me here. And also, what a wonderful introduction. And the book was really fun. I mean, how much uh, years of work was the book? Or Hey, I'm happy that you saw it as fun as well, because I think that um, I think that humor in poetry is a kind of underrated device. I think that humor thing and that uh, charisma thing um, is interesting because it's the connection between uh, your real self that I would meet that I'm talking to right now and the poet self. Um, do you find that they're both similar people? There is a um, difference, but I think that we're probably more similar than I'd like to admit. There's a really wonderful way of thinking about it where I think I read a um, Emily Berry interview and I think that she said that a poem is almost kind of like making a cake and think about almost personal experience or like who you are as a person as the eggs. So they're necessary to make the cake, but if you if they come out at the if the cake comes out at the other end and you can taste the eggs, it's maybe not a good cake. You want to kind of like blend everything together. So obviously, it's a kind of pivotal part of the work is who you are as a person and your personality and your personal experiences. But hopefully, they should be kind of be mixed in a kind of I don't know delicious fashion with I don't know the flower of influence or the baking soda, the baking soda of inspiration. I and then at the end, they'll come, out. they'll come out as kind of something that's totally unrecognizable. And then when you pulled all the poems together, um, did you approach the publisher? Because your publisher is quite a new publisher. It's called Cheerio Press. Is that right? Yeah. So Martha approached me. I think Martha um, and I have been, uh, we've known each other for a while. Um, that if, if I say, so, well, yeah, I can say things on here. It sounds fine. like you had an affair with Martha. Is that what happened? Well, well, I, that's, you know what? That's like <laughs> closer to the truth than it would be, but not quite, but kind of similar-ish. Um, well, my second pamphlet, Typhoid August, was really mean about Martha. And she became a kind of mean, she became a mean figure. I think that she wouldn't mind that I'm saying this. Also, I feel like the point of being on a podcast is that you always say something kind of secret. Um, <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, but, but she was really nice that we met each other in Madrid. And she was like, Sarah, if, if the pamphlet was really bad, I would have been pretty pissed off that you've like made all these assumptions about me and said things about me. But actually, I really like it. So let's be friends instead. 
So wow. I think that, yeah, so I think that Martha honestly is like amazing. And I think that she um, has been a kind of consistent, really lovely encourager of my poetry. But I think that I feel really grateful that she did end up sending me an email and was like, well, do you think that you have a collection ready? Like, I'd love to be see what you're kind of working on. And I think at the time I wasn't quite sure that I was ready, but I think that I kind of, I think that through working with her and her interests, I think that really clear themes and kind of cohesion started to come together. I think that she was a really wonderfully hands-on editor. Um, but we should talk about the poem that you brought in. Yes, absolutely. So this is They Flee From Me by Sir Thomas Wyatt. They flee from me that sometime did me seek with naked foot stalking in my chamber. I have seen them gentle, tame and meek that now are wild and do not remember that sometime they put themselves in danger to take bread at my hand and now they range busily seeking with a continual change. Thanked be fortune, it hath been otherwise 20 times better, but once in special, in thin array after a pleasant guise when her loose gown from her shoulders did fall, and she me caught in her arms long and small, therewith all sweetly did me kiss and softly said, dear heart, how like you this. It was no dream, I lay broad waking, but all is turned through my gentleness into a strange fashion of forsaking, and I have leave to go of her goodness, and she also to use newfangledness. But since that I so kindly am served, I would fain know what she hath deserved. Hooray for Sir Thomas Wyatt. Why did you choose this particular poem? Like, I think that um, I feel like I quite like poetry that is kind of perhaps maybe older uses different words because I feel like I quite like the idea of almost like I'm quasi reading in a different language or something. Mm -hmm. I think that kind of having the clear mark of something being different um, is something I actually quite look for when I read. And I think that that happens in a lot of contemporary poems I like as well. But I think that um, obviously just by virtue of something being older, it's a bit of a shortcut to that. I mean, I think that it's kind of funny because I think that I, for some reason, I I think that I just find, I remember, do you remember ages ago when Craig Rain had that really stupid poem that was published in the New Statesman about like flirting with the older, with the younger chick? Yeah. I think that it was reminding me that I think that obviously a lot of people were kind of upset about the I don't know the general topic of like the kind of perviness but I think that it made me think about this poem they flee from me because the Craig Rain poem was awful but this poem is actually a bit about also being a kind of dejected older pervy guy who used to get a lot of women and like has now kind of watched themselves become usurped by younger men and their kind of pursuit of lust and I think that it's done in this really actually weirdly tender human way that makes me feel I don't know really sad for the speaker and I think that there's a kind of quite a lot of weird shifting emotions like I think what I really like about this poem and it's one of my favorite things to read out loud is that um, I think in the first stanza especially the kind of rhyming of chamber remember danger Mm. they're all kind of almost these tentative half rhymes and I feel Mm. like I almost feel like when I read them I feel like they're kind of stumbling over each other Mm. and I think that it's the kind of that now I wild and do not remember. I think that I didn't expect the line that would come after that to be another kind of feminine rhyme, like with danger. I'd expect it to maybe go somewhere else. But I think that you almost get the point of 
I don't know, that feeling when you feel like you've said too much or revealed too much and you almost feel a bit embarrassed about it. I feel like obviously at the time, iambic pentameter, like the meter wasn't really super codified in the canon. So I think that this almost sounds kind of, a lot of the rhythm here can sound almost a bit fumbling or, yeah. or, or cl like clumsy in a certain way that I find really endearing. Yeah, and it goes with the theme a little bit. I mean, also the language they use, I've seen them gentle, tame and meek. Well, it's something that I really like, yeah, with the kind of gentle, tame and meek. I think that the image of like, because I think, I guess he's almost kind of comparing them, I suppose, to like birds, but it's that they sometimes put themselves in danger to take bread at my hand. Mm. Like, I assume, obviously, that's a metaphor and not some kind of kinky truth. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I think that there is something where it's kind of like, well, obviously, that's a kind of, yeah, the metaphor of, I don't know, seeing women as kind of gentle, tame birds, obviously, would have to go through a lot of understandable scrutiny if it came out now. Mm. But I think that is kind of done in a weirdly likable way here, because I feel like, again, he's essentially kind of impotent, like he can't do anything about it. They don't like him anymore. So mm. I think that's almost something that is kind of quite human. And then when you go into that second stanza, um, thanked be fortune, it hath been otherwise 20 times better but once in special in thin array after pleasant guys which took me a while to like grasp onto yeah like what's happening for yeah. sure um talk us through that second stanza yeah well i think that obviously then he kind of is looking back at a kind of I guess, specific time in which there is like, I think that because it kind of starts with these, they flee from me. And I think that then it kind of turns into a she, where I think that actually, is he sad that he's not surrounded by the women? Or is there actually maybe one specific woman that now is kind of becoming clear, he actually really likes more than the other ones. So I think that I guess one special time. Well, I think it's interesting. I've read one. So in thin array after a pleasant guy's I think I read an essay on this once and I think it is um, um, if I say if I say something wrong, though, really confidently, anybody on Twitter who listens to this, please correct me because I will continue <laughs> to make this mistake. Well, I think that because back then, obviously, the kind of sexual mor um, morality was very different. I think the pleasant guys is that she literally dressed up as a man to sneak into his room. Oh, is that right? So that's right, what I've yeah. heard, which I think is kind of like she like dressed up in disguise, like literally like it's kind of what it says on the tin, dressed up in disguise to kind of knock at his door at night undetected as a man. Wow, I thought it was like, the, here's her pleasant guys, but in the bedroom, she's naughty. <laughs> <laughs> well, it is, well, it is kind of interesting because it says like, I really like the line like, and she me caught in her arms long yeah, and slow. I love She's catching the guy. I think that there's actually like, she is kind of naughty like yeah. she is kind of, well she's taking the first she's making the first moves yeah. like she she dresses up to go to his room she catches him in her arms and then and it says like she kisses him like she's the kind of one who's doing actually the action onto him which mm -hmm. i think is a kind of again interesting subversion of if we look at the people in the beginning of the kind of women in the beginning of the poem who are gentle tame and meek this one is like dressing up as a dude to get laid and catching him that's I like know. and then say it in his ear dear heart how like you this you know what next time <laughs> next time i kiss somebody that's exactly what i'm going to say <laughs> in a deep whisper like uh, it's it's like basically say like how'd you like this <laughs> yeah exactly 
was it good for you too, baby? <laughs> oh gosh. Um, I, I don't want to say too much because I'm sure that my mom will listen to this. <laughs> so. Yeah, it feels uh, at the same time as being like sort of submissive in that, uh, or do you like this sort of vibe? Yeah. But also it feels like, but something changes with that because it says, how like you this? But then I don't know whether that's just because it's an old school thing and they said it like that. I don't think that they said it like that. I don't know. I think that a lot of it, I think that, I mean, I think that this is a part of why I really like reading kind of weirdly older poetry is because there is a kind of ambiguity or tension of like, is this just how they spoke or is this actually a really cool way of saying something? Mm. Like, I really love the um, diction and the line, like, and she, me caught in her arms long yeah, and I small. Love that. Like the she, me together, I think is I again, like a structure that we almost never see these days. Part of it is obviously kind of anachronistic, um, diction and syntax but I really like it and it kind of I think that those are things that I really like to read because they make me think about like grammar in a fresh exciting way that I think I helps agree. with my writing as well yeah and then later and I have leave to go of her goodness and she also to use newfangledness <laughs> which is like the greatest word ever I think that's one of the few like Anglo-Saxon words that's in the poem oh, right. that's like of like that origin and I think other ones are more kind of Latinate apparently so I think that like, I think this poem is often kind of um, used as an example of when like uh, English language started to be taken seriously on a literary level. So like for like when we started to actually think maybe the English language, like the Italians obviously are like having fun with Plutarch or whatever they're doing or Petrarch. Well, Plutarch was also Italian, I suppose. I don't know what he did. Yeah. Um, but like with Petrarch, they like kind of have their own sanity stuff going on. And I think that this is a poem that's like, well, let's see what English language can do. And I think that that's why it does kind of have this awkward meter, kind of weird rhymes. But then I think I really like that kind of weird mixing of like Anglo-Saxon words suddenly kind of coming in and things like that, where I think it's almost kind of trying to see like, well, what can we do with English? And like, how can, like, can we make it poetic? How does that work? And I think mm. that that's something that I find always kind of really enjoyable about reading this poem. But yeah. what I like about this poem, like that you chose is because, you know, like a lot of people who read poems now, they look at like a Hoagland poem and they're like, Hoagland was racist, but so they don't read Hoagland's poems because they're like, they're against those poems. And I have real difficulty with that because I think, you know, shit changes like the world changes like things happen um and it doesn't mean that hoagland's like that now he might have had an awakening not everyone who was racist 10 years ago is racist now you know yeah for sure um but you brought this in which is pretty bold yeah it was kind of interesting because i think again i do think that people should be just reading generally older poetry often though because like with this poem i like it because i just think it's a good poem and fun I think that there's a lot of kind of stereotypes that one, a lot of old poetry has to be kind of, is somehow really difficult. And I think that this, I I, I don't think that that's always the case. Mm. Or that again, it's kind of problematic. And I think obviously what, like talking through this, does it have the most progressive views on gender or whatever to the current conception? I suppose not, but I think that I find it really enjoyable anyway. And mm -hmm. I, or I think that there's still something that, again, I think it's also showing a lot of the ambiguities of maybe sexism at the time. Like, I think it is kind of interesting that he's kind of weirdly complicit in this affair, but then sees her as kind of deserving something. It's a quite interesting way of actually learning about those attitudes. I agree, there's lots to learn from that. Thank you so much, Sarah, for coming in. 
and being a part of the show. I really, really appreciate it. Yay. Thank you so much for having me. Honestly, really, really had a lovely discussion. And I hope that everybody else enjoys the poem as much as I do. They Flee From Me by Sir Thomas Wyatt They flee from me that sometime did me seek with naked foot, stalking in my chamber. I have seen them gentle, tame, and meek, that now are wild and do not remember that sometime they put themselves in danger to take bread at my hand, and now they range, busily seeking with continual change. Thanked be fortune, it hath been otherwise twenty times better, but once in special. In thin array, after a pleasant guise, with her loose gown from her shoulders did fall, and she me caught in her arms long and small, therewithal sweetly did me kiss, and softly said, Dear heart, how like you this? It was no dream, I lay broad waking, but all is turned thorough my gentleness into a strange fashion of forsaking. And I have leave to go of her goodness, and she also to use newfangleness, but since that I so kindly am served, I would fain know what she hath deserved.